Welcome to the SG Engage podcast, where it's all social good all the time. Sit back and relax as the brightest minds from across the social good community engage with trends, big ideas, and best practices to help you drive impact. George, could you talk with us a little bit about what you do at Blackboard and talk through why you were interested in participating in this discussion? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so um, my name is George Horbacher, and I am a security leader here at Blackbud. I lead what we refer to as the Information Security Office. Um, mm-hmm. So within that group, there is a, a certain number of things, but we like to think of ourselves as kind of the horizontal function across both the cybersecurity team and also across the business. So Today, we're going to be talking to CFOs and other finance leaders at organizations, um, so nonprofits, schools, hospitals, um, you know, uh, museums and zoos, just across the gamut. So what kind of drew you to participating in this conversation and, and wanting to get um, sort of cybersecurity at the forefront of their minds as they head into 2023? Yeah, so one, it's, it's such a, a great question. And I think, you know, it gears a lot towards how I view cybersecurity in general as well. So I've always viewed cybersecurity as kind of a, a risk mitigation function. You know, the, mm-hmm. the ultimate goal is what can an organization do and how can we balance cost, overhead, operational and efficiencies or efficiencies to really drive the best reduction of risk across, you know, the organization. And so looking at that, you know, when you take in kind of the financial aspect of that, you know, being a CFO, not only are we concerned with the best practices and the things that we want to control, understanding the the realistic nature of security is that, you know, we'll never be at 100% um, Mm -hmm. risk reduction. So we'll never have risk completely gone. Um, unless you want to pay an absorbent amount of money to do that. Mm-hmm. And of course, from the CFO side, you know, we, we, you know, you're not able to do that. And it's something, you know, it's a, it's a recognized thing within both the organization, you know, we have it at Blackfoot too. And so really it's, it's interesting because what can you do or what can an organization do to ensure that their security um, is controlled and their risk are due while remaining cost effective at the same time? Um, security, you know, we've always grown up in the, the industry saying security is always an expense um, because, you know, it is, you know, we're kind mm-hmm. of, you know, it's hard for us to drive money for the organization from a, a revenue standpoint. Um, and we can enable it, of course, through our controls and, and product services that we have, but in general, you know, we're not. And so, and, and having the opportunity to talk about cybersecurity to kind of the, the CFO group of professionals, it's it's going to, it's unique in of itself. And it's, I thought it would be a great conversation to kind of show what that actually looks like. And especially the stuff that we deal with or see, especially coming from, you know, having to protect our CFO and our financial organization and kind of, especially from an awareness standpoint and security training, the risk that you see there, given the the exposure mm-hmm. you have, given the, um, the, the insight you have to not only customer, but also employee financials as well. Um, it's such a, a ripe area for attackers to want to go attack. And so yes. on top of that, you know, the, the outcome that comes from different breaches, um, the CFO is normally very involved in that. So definitely have mm-hmm. a lot of insight with that, but um, it's always just been a very interesting um, threat landscape from the financial point of view um, that is, you know, very unique across each organization as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to, um, I want to add a comment to what you said and then, 
talk yeah. a little bit about sort of the threat landscape um, comment that you just ended with there. I was thinking about how we do tend to classify certain things as either revenue or expense. And so it's easy to put this in the expense bucket and just think that it doesn't matter. But I think you almost think of it sort of like an investment. Yep. And it exactly. it's sort of a it's a revenue protector, both because yep. we don't want to have to pay to get data back um, from like a hostage type standpoint, um, you yeah. know, and then also if you lose trust with, you know, your customers or your donors, that can be really difficult to build back up. And so if you can sort of think of it as an investment or a hedge to protect the good work that you're doing mm-hmm. versus sort of like that's a exactly. necessary evil, we're spending this money. Yeah, that's, it's, it's so well said. And that's exactly, you know, what, what it truly is, is that investment on, you know, putting in the effort and the, the financial piece and also the resource piece to, again, lower the risk enough to where the investment, God forbid that you do get preached, right? You don't, you don't realize the, the cost because you put in that investment for that. So it is very unique and kind of, you know, where the industry is and talking a lot about risk management, like quantifying risk management, putting monetary value against security risk and how their impact and likelihood can attribute to X amount of dollars lost across the organization um, is something that we at Blackwood are starting to do um, and kind of start to model out risk that way to show their true value and monetary um, value that comes out of that. And then, um, of course, then tying that to our cyber insurance and things like that to determine, you know, how do we best, again, do cost-effective controls that bring that monetary value down to whatever we deem as an acceptable level. So mm-hmm. it is very interesting to get that ROI in, ter- in yes. the best way to, to quantify that up front. Yeah. Well, and I bet for our audience, that would probably help for conversations with their executive directors or their boards, yep. um, being able to show, like you said, the ROI. And, and this is this is what we'll be able to protect or do if yep. we make this investment and put these controls in place. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so always having that insight too into what, you know, what controls you need and really, you know, from a general practice, especially at that level from a decision making is understanding, you know, where you feel the biggest risks your organization are and what is most important to your organization. You know, I I wish I could say that every organization here, every CFO is going to have the same answer, but in in reality, they're not. But that's kind of what makes it unique in, in and of itself to you know, figure out where your your most important part of your organization is and, you know, where you feel from a security standpoint, um, you know, that that should be, you know, the most concerning piece for you all. And so definitely some some advice for that to, to figure that out. So definitely do what we call, call a threat model. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, put your hacker hat on and think of it, you know, if you wanted to attack your own organization, what would you go after? Um, and that's normally such a great place to start, to start those discussions with um, your IT team, your executive team, and your board, and kind of have, you know, an open dialogue between that. That's a, a, a great practice that we do in the security industry, and we do it with development teams to kind of allow them to go and kind of hack their own product, mm-hmm. kind of walking through it and kind of a tabletop, and it's turned out to be very valuable in finding those areas. So to say that, you know, it doesn't have to happen at the development level, and it can happen at the executive level, too. And it mm-hmm. definitely makes for interesting conversations. And next thing you know, you'll be talking about it for an hour and you'll be learning on a lot of things about your organization you didn't know about. Yeah. Without providing um, any details that would identify an organization, can mm-hmm. you give some examples of areas where you've identified threats that maybe you wouldn't have thought of right off the bat? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So I think some of the ones are going to be, you know, areas where you are supporting customers and you're dealing with customers, but primarily utilizing your data at the same time. So not trying to speak to, to different organizations and functions within that, but really, you know, when, when you think about looking at data and protecting data, you always assume, you know, data going in and out, it's always going to be, you know, protecting that as it moves in and out of your organization and then wherever it's stored. So wherever you put that, you know, we always hear about encryption. We always hear about, you know, the sensitive nature of data, trying to protect it, you know, wherever it's stored, um, whether in the cloud or, or on-prem. But the other piece of that that is rarely talked about where you actually do see a lot of issues is going to be folks that actually use that data on a day-to-day basis. And so, mm-hmm. you know, you do have employees that, you know, may have access to sensitive customer data or internal sensitive data, right? You can think of like HR, for example, they have access to everyone's salaries and mm-hmm. um, other big pieces from, from an employee from a privacy standpoint. And so really recognizing what access they have, but then at the same time, what are they doing with that data? And are they using that data in a, in a very standard and safe way? So it's more focusing on the utilization of your data that kind of, you know, sometimes gets fallen by the wayside because there's not much from a technology standpoint we can do to find that. And so it's then shifting more to process and people to determine, okay, if you have access to customer data, are you, you know, storing it on your local machine and you're not supposed to? Are you Mm -hmm. sending that data via email? You know, maybe you're just talking to a colleague or you're sharing it, you know, over a Teams message, for example. And so sometimes, you know, the risk really pops up there. The other side that I've always thought has been interesting, especially when you're talking about CFO, and I know most of this is nonprofit, but whenever, you know, from a, a public organization and we have our investor earnings and things like that, that's where you start to get, you know, kind of tricky with it because then you're storing that data and you're preparing it to then be posted um, mm-hmm. for all the, the analysts and things. And you don't want that to be posted too soon. So are you protecting that, you know, while it's being staged to then be sent out? That's always been a, a very interesting one coming from a financial um, mm-hmm. services organization previously, Blackbone, and seeing that. But ultimately, it's all, it's always the people. It's going to be the the trickiest thing to to secure, and it's going to be the funnest. Hence, why security awareness and training across your organization is so valuable because mm-hmm. you're teaching things to, to people, not just best practices, but you ultimately want people to leave and be like, oh, I didn't think about it that way. Or, oh, maybe I am using this data in a way that's not um, appropriate. And so that's kind of where the value of that comes. And that's what then helps into those areas that I just spoke about, you know, about misuse of data, you know, mm-hmm. falling outside the business process of, of consumption and, and, and utilization of, of customer data mm-hmm. or employee data for that matter too. Yeah. I think it's just getting those rules and practices in place so yeah. that, when a weird situation pops up, you're doing the right thing by habit Mm -hmm. and you're not having to, because that's where people run into trouble is if every time you do something, you're having to assess what's the threat level here, how should I behave? You know, you, you're going to, you're bound to make a mistake, but if we're doing the right thing every time. Exactly. And it's even going to be more important from, you know, the executive level, you know, talking to, to CFOs right, right now. Right. And, focusing on you as you as a person and what access you have to your organization and how someone might be able to exploit that is going to be huge. Executive protection yes. in general um, is, is a very pressing topic. And if you see, for example, the new 
if you all follow Apple or a big Apple fan like I am, the new Apple operating system came out and there's a specific feature meant for executives to protect your iPhone. And it does provide additional security on top of that mm-hmm. um, to really show, you know, the value. And that, that comes from reasons like that is because not only do you all, you know, have greater access and greater visibility to things within your reputation, but you are also a top target for a lot of that stuff. You know, we see it with our CEO, we see it with our executive team, we see it with our board. You know, we try and find new technologies and tools and services that bring greater protection to just that group of individuals Mm -hmm. because the risk could be so high. Yeah. And so not to scare people on the call, um, but it is something to look at, especially when you talk about people, you know, more or less, ensuring that the executive team is more educated on cyber from Mm -hmm. a threat standpoint to know, you know, the targeting that can happen to them. Yeah. I think that's a great point is, you know, really making sure that you're educating and protecting your executive team and also your board Mm -hmm. um, because they also often have access to sort of that higher level of data. Another area that we've seen, we were actually chatting with a customer last week and, um, you know, a lot of our organizations not only receive funds, but then they pass them through, they grant them out. Um, And it's so easy now to transfer funds, but with that ease comes risk. We may have chatted about this as we were prepping for this. Um, Mm -hmm. And she was mentioning that they've had to implement Zoom callbacks now where when an organization sends over information about this is how we would like to receive the funds, they have in practice now that they do a video call with the person that's supposed to be receiving it and send over the information to verify that the organization sent it because they've had where people's emails have been hacked and they actually had that happen where someone sent over fake information so that they could steal the funds, which is tough. Yeah. That's not something you want to be thinking about, but it can happen. It definitely can. And that's when the the trust of money movement like that is is so big. And it's stuff that, you know, we even have to continuously look at when we do things from our organization and it's something that from any organization and, and more, you know, importantly from a, a foundation or a nonprofit that's, you know, donating money or raising money really understanding and kind of doing more of the financial services practice of of KYC or know your customer. Are you communicating Mm -hmm. with your customer? Are you sending money to that? And are you validating that? It's still something we have to look at too. And, you know, we do things from an organizational level to where, you know, we do provide, you know, financial literacy through our EverFry product. And, you know, part of that is, you know, we do have, you know, different campaigns that we do and learning sessions and we get people essentially, that's a good word, incentives to do it. And so when mm-hmm. we share that incentive, be it a monetary value, you know, we had to go and look to make sure, you know, see what, what you just said, Sarah, you know, are we sending this to the right person? How are we, you know, validating that and, mm-hmm. you know, ensuring we're sending it to the right address, the right person. And it is such a, a big thing, especially when you then bring fraud and privacy into the conversation. And that's when, you know, the three of those items always intersect, you know, security, fraud, and privacy. They all start, they're all starting to play, you know, hand in hand because of everything happening digitally now. It's such a, an interesting landscape, but it is very important. And that again goes to the, the threat modeling piece. And so, you know, if there's mm-hmm. pieces in, in your organization to where, you know, you might be curious about that, sit down with the folks involved with that and just kind of work through different scenarios to see, you know, is there a place where fraud can happen and then talk through, you know, what can we do to probably mitigate that 
again, it's such a, a fun exercise. Um, it can go different directions, but mm-hmm. that, that's exactly what we had to do internally. Um, and it really ended up, you know, securing that process. And we were able to brainstorm and collaborate to have very minimal customer impact too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I like that too, because a lot of our organizations are, you know, already thinking through fraud risk. Um, and you know, they've got good internal controls in place and practices. And so if you can layer in your, your security efforts there too, yeah, get, get more in place. So you alluded to this a little bit with the threat modeling. So it sounds like that might be step one, but in addition to that, what should our audience be thinking about for 2023 and, and making sure they're paying attention to yeah, so I would say the, the biggest thing that, that we'll see across kind of any organization right now is going to be ransomware. Um, mm-hmm. I'd say that regardless of what industry you're in, regardless of what organization, most of the folks that use ransomware are going to be in it for monetary gain. And so, I mean, it is public information that Blackbud um, was victim to that, you know, um, a couple of years ago. And so we can attest to that and kind of, you know, it's built out our program. And so mm-hmm. we want to, you know, have others understanding of what ransomware is and it's, and it's, it's understanding. And so that's where a lot of this stuff is very important, um, especially when you talk about data protection and privacy and who has access to the data um, and then from a technology control where it's stored and kind of following those security guidelines. But really focusing on your data in 2023 is going to still be probably one of the biggest priorities that any organization has. And so really looking more at data you know, how your organization uses it, you know, where is it, how much data do you have, and then who has access to that data on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you know, that can be that can be any or all data. Um, but really just understanding your data footprint there is going to be very valuable because that's one of the first, you know, steps to kind of stop a ransomware. And so that's, you know, and the, the craziest part about ransomware is to get to that point, it still deals with all the same threats that, you know, we talk about through individuals such as phishing, you know, account takeover, things like that. Um, so all play into just someone getting access and putting a piece of malware or a variant of that that you can buy on the, on the dark web. And, mm-hmm. then you know, you just lock someone out of their system and then you have to pay them a ransom to get it. And so it's such a, a simple tactic, but it is something that from a, an organization level, especially an organization that deals a lot with money and has a lot of reputation behind them, that's still such a big thing. Or organizations that you know, don't have the ability to have much downtime. And so anything that cripples their system for for days mm-hmm. or weeks, anything about nonprofit or from fundraising, anything that could disrupt that um, through a campaign, you know, that's money lost um, that could be donated to, to something, you know, amazing. And so yeah. really also looking at not only the security, but the disruption or what we talk about as CA and what we say CIA. It's, uh, mm-hmm. it's not the CIA as the... Uh, you know, the government entity, but it's the three main pieces of security, confidentiality, integrity, and availability. And availability, you know, something that not many people focus on, but it is such a huge thing, especially from an organization. Um, Mm -hmm. But I would say ransomware is going to be the biggest thing. And then from, you know, CFO standpoint, again, seeing the amount of data that you have access to and then determining, you know, do you even need that access as a CFO? I think that's another really important exercise. Um, do you need that level of access or can you delegate that down or have proxies to handle it for you? Because mm-hmm. then that is then moving the exposure needle down for you, for you and your team to be a little bit more um, separated. And so then that mm-hmm. again helps with the, the input and the exploitability of, of individual or executives at that level. And again, that's really what people are going to be looking for 
especially I would say in nonprofit social good organ or company, it's going to be more of a ransomware threat than, than really anything else. Mm-hmm. That's interesting that you mentioned data access because I know you know like in our in our software that is something that you can set controls for. So you can look through your entire team and your organization and your like your board and say they can view this piece. And that's all. And this person can yep. see a little bit more. And yeah, just making that also a regular exercise where you're reviewing who has access to what and who can do what in the system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it's all about when, when we talk about like permission management or identity management or whatever it may be, the ultimate goal is to um, limit the amount of trust that, that you have to, to the organization. Um, there is a slide that uh, I can happily share um, with you, Sarah, mm-hmm. that kind of demonstrates that. And it was something that we actually presented at uh, BBCon a couple of years ago um, about, you know, how an organization can go through and review their access to their data and kind of some steps that they can take. Um, and again, it's all about eliminating trust. And so it uses the acronym trust to kind of help remember that. Mm-hmm. And so really, you know, the, the, the theme of all of that is what, from an organization, you know, are we eliminating as much trust as we need to? Are we only trusting things that we need to trust? You know, do we trust our individuals and our employees? And it, it's such a, that that word in and of itself is such a huge buzzword right now, especially when you get to the government and you hear of zero trust, the goal being that you don't trust anything in your environment, be it a human or a, a system um, or a server. And so that's when you hear zero trust, that's what it refers to, but it's part of okay. the risk. We always want to reduce risk. We always want to reduce trust as well. Okay. That's interesting. Um, What else do you want to share with our audience? Anything else you think they should know? No, I don't think so. I mean, right now, you know, we're we're going into end of year um, and, you know, we're we're going into tax season and things like that. That will always continue to be a, a threat, especially from identity um, identity theft and, you know, folks like we always see with like the W-2s and, and things that mm-hmm. go around the news. Um, and so, you know, from a CFO level, that's always going to be so important as you're doing your taxes and um, working through that piece. Um, and so really, again, the, the, the foundation and the fundamentals we just talked about playing to that, but, mm-hmm. you know, recognizing, you know, as we go through the year, there are going to be more, more important events that happen, you know, such as tax season to where your threats are, might be a little bit more. So having more cautious, um, or more caution with a lot of the controls uh, that you do have through your awareness and education is going to be going to be great. Yeah. And then you know if if you if you are a small organization that doesn't have security training or awareness right now, um, there's a lot of uh, publicly available um, sites that you can use to provide that to your organization. SANS is, is a great um, group that does that and provides that publicly. Um, that's S A N S. Okay. It's a, it's a cybersecurity organization that provides a lot of training, um, and then we'll happily continue to share that out um, to our customers to kind of help with that. But um, ultimately, that's going to be the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think you and Terry are going to join us late spring of 2023 uh, to do a yeah. deeper dive, too. So exactly. that'll be helpful exactly. as well. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll definitely provide as much training you know, as, as we can, as much you know, material as possible. Not only talk about you know Blackbutt and what you can do using Blackbutt systems in a secure way, but just in general, you know what mm-hmm. we can also take from us um, and put towards all your other service providers as well. 
Exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciated it. Yeah. Thanks, Sarah. Yeah. It was fun. All right. Well, we'll talk to you all later. Thank you.